What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Monday, July 10th, 2023, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Brandon, a.k.a. at Old Brando from the Jonesing for Sports Podcast. Great show. I listen to it every week. We're going to dive deep into the Michigan football season, what's coming up, what's happened in the offseason, and all the things that are going on with Michigan football. I just want to put a couple precursors on it. We did record this, like all the other interviews that I did were either a few weeks ago or in the past. So if anything's changed with Michigan football, we did this interview on June 20th. So it's about three weeks ago now, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, right? I mean, time is tough. It's, it's tough to keep track of time as it keeps moving forward. But um, also, Brandon, he's a professional, man. He like is very like he's good at what he does. He's good at podcasting. The microphone wasn't turned on with the app that I was using. That was my fault. I should have told him that you have to switch the input on it. And uh, we got it switched about 20 minutes into the interview. So the last 10 minutes is going to sound a little bit different. That was my fault. It's not Brandon's fault. Like I said, he's a professional. He would have had that stuff locked up if it was his podcast. But nonetheless, still sounds good. I think it sounds fine. And I think that everything that we talked about was uh, awesome. And I hope that you guys enjoy this interview. All right, joining me now is Brandon, a.k.a. Old Brando from the Jonesing. Some people would say the best part of the Jonesing for Sports podcast. Um, Very up for few. Debate, up for debate on that. Um, joining us to do a Michigan 2023 football preview episode. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I tried to get a bunch of experts on. Would you consider yourself an expert, or are you more like me, like a casual? I am a, we'll just say a very passionate fan, but uh, expert I am not. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's an everyday, you know, read every article, get to as many games as possible. But uh, I'm, I'm not an expert. I've been in the press box one time, but uh, that, that was it, and I've always wanted to get back. But uh, it's not not in the cards right now. But was anybody yeah, up uh, there like any uh, old players or anything that you get to meet anybody while you were up there? No, uh, I uh, I actually was. Uh, well, let's see. It's going back a ways now. I was doing some freelance uh, sports writing a few years back. And uh, this was actually uh, at Notre Dame where I was in the, the press box for Notre Dame USC, uh, where I was sent to cover it by the local newspaper. And that was just a, a highlight experience. So even though. Sorry, Notre Dame fans, if you listen, I hate Notre Dame. Uh, that was an awesome experience, and you know, you, you definitely see the tradition in history. Man, I would love to be able to sit up in every press box, you know, check out every team in the Big Ten, and and of course, you know, just the surrounding areas. So, uh, not an expert. I got to pretend to be an expert one time, and it was probably one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> yeah, I would say like the thing is like listening to your podcast though. The the one thing that I like about it the most is it is it feels it's, it's not the same as mine. I don't prepare at all, and I feel like you guys definitely have way more knowledge than I have when I just hit record and start spewing silly stuff out. But the thing I like about it the most, though, is it still has a very casual feel to it. It just feels like mm -hmm. a couple of guys um, sitting around talking sports, and that's what I like about it. So you have yourself, and then correct me if I'm wrong about this, but Travis is your brother, right? Yep. And then Travis and Cody are both brothers. Yep. He's your brother or their brothers? 
We're, we're all brothers. Oh, you're all three brothers. <laughs> three brothers. I didn't know that. For some reason, I didn't know that. I thought Cody was like an outlier. So, uh, because so he's an Jones Ohio State Sports fan. podcast, uh, where there's, there's two Cody's. There's Cody, my brother, and then there's Cody, the Ohio State fan, who comes in from time to time to offer that rivalry perspective. So, yeah, it is a little confusing with two Cody's. We have regular Cody. And then we've got Buckeye Cody, who is, we hate him, but we love him. Oh, man, that's totally my fault for not, I should know the difference. I listened to enough that I should know the difference in their voices. But yeah, Cody, the Ohio State fan, has been on quite a bit, though, the last few episodes. Yes. Yeah, Cody and myself have been doing basically some off-season college football stuff because we're sickos like that. And then uh, my brother Cody and my brother Travis, who comprised the the trio for the Jonesy for Sports main podcast. We do uh, everything covering sports in the state of Michigan. So not just college football. We're, we're going to be talking Tigers uh, when it's, you know, when we want to talk about the Tigers, when it's not too painful. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about the Pistons, but uh, we haven't been because I've been too mad about the draft lottery. Uh, and then, yeah, once football season ramps up, we'll be tackling the, the Lions and, of course, Michigan and Michigan State with a lean towards Michigan because we're all Michigan fans. Gotcha. I'm going to try to restrain myself and not talk about how excited I am about the Lions right now. Um, <laughs> as I got a Lions helmet like right over my head, I'm really excited about the season. But we are here to talk about um, Michigan, their season that they have coming up, um, all the things that happen in the offseason, and then kind of look forward, look forward to the uh, season that they have upcoming uh, but before we do that, what is is it just because you grew up in Michigan or do you have any other connections to the university that made you guys want to or you specifically even start covering the team um, at this level? Yeah, uh, I think it's just all family connections. I'd say it probably starts with my my grandpa who uh, attended the University of Michigan and uh, he didn't finish there because he had to go fight in the war and then finished at Western Michigan. So that's a lot of my allegiance right there. Uh, I cheer for both teams. I grew up watching Michigan with my grandpa. I went to a lot of Western Michigan games. I cheer for the Broncos quite a bit. Uh, however, my, my grandma was a Notre Dame fan. And so we had a, a house divided there. Uh, so half of my, on my dad's side is Notre Dame fans. The other half is Michigan fans. Then my mom's side, everyone is, is Spartans. So I've oh. been kind of exposed to it all in our area. And just for whatever reason, when I would watch those games, something about that maize and blue really stuck with me. When I'd see the winged helmet, when they'd play the victors after a touchdown, it just, it was, I knew that was special. That is something beyond what I've watched with these other teams. And it, it just, I loved it. And uh, my brothers all kind of came out the same way too. And so we, well, basically when this podcast started, we, found ourselves around the dinner table. We all come back to my parents' house from our different walks of life, some in college, some living. Uh, my brothers now are in Indiana. I'm up in Michigan. But uh, we were around the dinner table, and we were talking about sports for hours. And we realized, you know what? We love this. We got to do this more often. And if we're going to do it, let's record it. Let's see if anyone else wants to hear this stuff we're talking about. So that's kind of how it all started. And it's just been fun ever since. Uh, we're, we're not experts, like you said, but man, do we have a great time doing it? And it's probably not for everybody. We're pretty, uh, casual. And a lot of our content is 
comparing, let's say, Michigan and Michigan State to like a Marvel movie, you know, whatever's coming out recently right. or Star Wars or just really off topic stuff. Uh, and so hopefully that resonates with some people. But most of the time, our passion is going to hopefully resonate with everybody. Yeah. I love it, man. Coming from Michigan, I love listening to your guys' show. It's, it's. I listen to it as often as I can. Uh, put it in my little rotation, and it's, it's always a good listen when I, uh, you know, put it on the old headphones or ma- mainly when I'm driving in the car. I, I love listening to you guys' show. Um, let's talk about Michigan though, specifically today, uh, and you can focus all your energy right on them. You don't have to cover all the teams that you guys usually cover. <laughs> um, off season this year. Um, and this is pretty much off season every year. It feels like right when the season is over, the media machine starts up and Jim Harbaugh is leaving the university of Michigan. It seems like every year (laughs) and, uh, it doesn't feel like he's going to this year. Is that something that as a Michigan fan, you're getting sick of, or is it just something that comes with the territory when you have a high level head coach like that? I'm absolutely sick of it. Uh, I, I 100% could foresee, I think this is going to be a really good team. So I think they're going to have a lot of success. And I would predict we're going to go through the, the same old circus next off season. And yeah, I guess if you're having success, you just have to put up with it, but it doesn't mean you have to like it. I think it's, it does damage the, the team with recruiting and, uh, yeah, I just, man, at some points, I, I almost think, just go, man. Like, let's just get this over with. But honestly, that's probably not the right response because we haven't had this level of success basically since uh, I started cheering for Michigan. It's like, you know, before I started cheering is when they were winning national titles and, and Heisman trophies. And then as I started to really get into it, all of a sudden we can't beat Ohio State. So, I, I really shouldn't be complaining about stuff like that, but yeah, it does get on my nerves. Uh, and I do expect we'll go through it again next year, but hate it. Yeah. Hate it. If you had to bet a week's pay, when, when is his last year at Michigan? Do you think just based Ooh, on like that's everything that's one. happened the last couple years and all the rumors and everything possibly going back to the NFL, is this it? Is this like his, like you said, they're going to have a good team this year. Is he going for one more shot at a natty? And then he's going to, you know, take his money and run in the NFL? Or is he here to stay? Uh, If I had to bet, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I do think that this would probably be his last year because of of exactly what you said. This is going to be his best team, his best shot. A lot of the other teams around the countries are, uh, they're breaking in new quarterbacks. They're breaking in some new coaches. So if there's a year to, to get a Georgia to get Alabama, like they might not be at the very tippy top of their game. They'll still be elite teams, but they might be gettable. Uh, where in the past, sometimes you just run into a super team. And you, you can't do anything about that. So yeah, I think if I had to put money on it, it'd be this year, but I think it'd be, it'd be positive. It'd be uh plus odds for sure. I'm not yeah. going to predict it, but I think this year could be it. I could, I could definitely see that happening as well. Um, One thing that he has done really well, though, is um, in the transfer portal. This year, in this offseason, there's been a lot of guys leaving, but a lot of guys coming in, too. Um, The first guy that I think of, he was one of my favorite players to watch there, was A.J. Henning. He's now going to Northwestern, so you lose a really good wide receiver, who I Mm -hmm. think is a really good wide receiver. 
But then on the flip side of the ball, you bring in, what's his first name? Josh Wallace from uh, UMass and supposed to be a really good defensive back. Um, in your opinion, were those the two, like, was that the biggest loss and the biggest gain? Or was there anybody else um, that left that was going to have a bigger impact and uh, anyone else that come that's coming in that's going to have a big impact as well? So I think most fans have pretty much moved on from him at this point. But the guy that I was really disappointed about was Iyabi Oki, who was a defensive end or, I guess, edge defender. He was the the second leading uh, sack getter last year behind Mike Morris. And so ever since Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan fans have been just clamoring for whoever's going to be that next elite defensive end. And obviously like Aiden Hutchinson doesn't grow on a tree and Mike Morris, he was the big 10 defensive lineman of the year. And we were still like, man, this guy's not that good. So we're, we're wanting so badly an elite defensive end. And uh, Mike Morris off to the NFL. Yabioki, we would have thought maybe could be that next guy. And then he transfers to Charlotte. So that was a little bit of a shock to a lot of fans. However, Michigan then brings in his replacement, actually brings in this guy even before he transfers, possibly prompting him to transfer, uh, Josiah Stewart out of Coastal Carolina, who is a very similar style, more of a uh, speed rusher rather than going to overpower a guy. And so, he, he might just fill that gap and some. I'm not really sure, uh, you know, what his role will be, but I think he'll be pretty effective. I don't think he's going to be an Aiden Hutchinson or maybe even a Mike Morris, but I think he'll be a, a really positive defensive force for them. The guy I'm going to go with, the transfer is Ladarius Henderson, just because uh, they're bringing him in to play left tackle, which in my opinion is one of the most important positions uh, to defend JJ's blind side. And so if he can do that well, He's also stepping in for another NFL draft pick, Ryan Hayes. So that's my pick, Ladarius Henderson. But they really did a good job in the transfer portal. They brought in, you said Josh Wallace. Uh, you could talk about guys like um, Ernest Hausman is a linebacker who is everyone thinks he he might even take Mike Barrett's job at linebacker, which is almost sad because the guy came back for a sixth year and had a great year last year. Uh, but yeah, lots of studs coming in. Ladarius Henderson is probably not the popular pick, but just from a position of need, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Henderson. I didn't even know the first guy that you mentioned went to Charlotte. That's an interesting decision. <laughs> for him. Yeah. He, he followed uh, Biff Poggi was a assistant on the Michigan staff who then took that Charlotte head coaching job. Oh. And he was the guy who kind of coaxed him to join Michigan in the first place. He's kind of like a, a mentor figure for him. So actually quite a few guys, uh, Nikai Hill green followed Biff Poggi to Charlotte. I think there's one more guy that might have went to Charlotte as well. I can't remember, but I'm with you. AJ Henning is a huge loss in my opinion, but the coaches didn't really like him at wide receiver. Uh, I think I was at the Indiana game where he dropped a pretty big touchdown. It was right in his bread basket. And it seemed like after that, I don't know if he got a target like the rest of the year, but he's electric. I'm actually pretty excited to see what he does for Northwestern. I'll be cheering for him. Yeah. I think that because they got a new quarterback as well. They got a transfer from Cincinnati. So I, I'm cheering for him as well. I hope he does well um, at Northwestern. I always have a soft spot for Northwestern. I don't know why. It's like their little brother type mentality. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, you know, they never really won anything, especially in football. So I always cheer for them a little bit. But um, uh, switching gears just a little bit, I was listening to one of your guys' recent shows, and uh, you were talking a little bit about 
how the scheduling for not this year, but next year is going to change. There's going to be no more divisions and the top two teams were going to be in the Big Ten championship game. One of the takeaways I had from your guys' show, and this is something that I hadn't really thought about yet, um, was the fact that it could be bad for the league in the sense that the last game of the year, the Michigan-Ohio State game, wouldn't be as meaningful as it usually is because it, the the next game would be the more meaningful one, and that game's mm-hmm. taking place in Indianapolis. As you, to, And I'm stealing exactly what you guys said. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I was only selfishly thinking about the fact that we could possibly have, and again, if this was last year, we would have had back-to-back weeks of Michigan and Ohio State. So I was like, that's awesome. But I never thought about the aspect that you guys talked about. So um, talk a little bit more about that schedule, though, and like what you guys were saying kind of on the pod about um, how you didn't really like how it's changing. But you did make some good points about how you, you kind of went both ways. You said you liked it, but you said it could be bad. Um, just talk a little bit about that for a second, if you would. Yeah, so the the new schedule format, I think the way they went about it is really good. Uh, with their, they call it the Flex Protect Plus, which someone was trying way too hard with that name. I think I just call it the Flex model, where not every team has to have the same amount of rivalries, which makes sense because uh, Iowa is using all three of their protected rivalries, which is fantastic because Iowa should play Minnesota. Iowa needs to play Wisconsin. They need to play Nebraska. Those are games that should happen every year. With Michigan, obviously we want to play Michigan State, and we got to play Ohio State. We got to play the game. But there's really, I mean, if you're going to fill that third spot for Michigan, you could maybe put in Minnesota, the little brown jug. In my opinion, it's not a game that has to happen every year just because of uh, it hasn't been a competitive rivalry. So I'm fine with that. Uh, You could fill it with Northwestern. That's a trophy game. Uh, And you can fill it with any number of other teams. But I really like that they're not forcing these teams to play three teams every year if they don't have three teams they need to play. So Penn State doesn't have any protected rivalries, which is crazy. I actually would have preferred to see them play Ohio State every year. I think that's been one of the best games in the Big Ten every year. But I understand the reasoning for Ohio State to not want to have a year where they're going to play USC, Penn State, Michigan. Uh, You're really kind of making a very difficult schedule for them. The SEC would never do something like that. So I understand why they avoided that. Uh, so in general, I thought they did a, a pretty good job with what they're working with, just with expansion. You have to make something like this work. On the other hand, yes, it is a trade-off. If we're looking at Michigan and Ohio State last year, uh, that game, they would be replaying it the next week. Michigan played Purdue, which, you know what, that's <laughs> that's a pretty lame Big Ten championship. It would be more exciting for the average fan to watch Michigan play Ohio state again. But if you're Michigan and Ohio state, obviously you're draining the value of the original game a little bit. And it's just a trade-off. If you go back to, let's just say BCS era, when we had just one national title game, I don't know about you. I was ready to have a 14 playoff because I looked at undefeated teams. Like I think there was a TCU in there. That was 13 and 0 Utah. That was 13 and 0 multiple undefeated teams get left out just because they're not as well liked. I think they deserve a shot. 14 playoff helps us there. Trade off. Okay. Now bowl games don't matter almost at all. Uh, We have a huge amount of players that are sitting out, uh, which honestly I'm, 
I say that, but I still watch like all these bowl games. But for a lot of people, they don't care as much. Uh, we go from four teams to 12 teams next year, which I am for. But yes, the trade-off is you're going to have these uh, regular season games. They're going to lose a lot of meaning. Last year, Alabama would would have easily been in that 12-team playoff. They didn't win a single game that was really impressive last year. I guess if you want to count the Texas game, but Texas was, I think, 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four or something like that last year, and they probably should have lost that game anyways. So, yeah, if you're going to reward a lot of mediocre regular season play and then you're going to see – you're never going to see Alabama miss a playoff. You're never going to see Ohio State or Georgia miss a playoffs, which I think is a, a bummer because you're going to basically have them not – doesn't matter if they lose one game or two games there. Devalues that that big upset. So that Tennessee beats Alabama where they tear down the goalposts. They might still tear down the goalposts. It's still going to be awesome. But there's a little bit of extra joy when you know we just ended their season. Yeah. Uh, so personally, that, that's a trade-off. But it's you know what? That's the price of progress, I guess. And uh, I, I think it's best to try to just stay positive and say this is what it's going to be. And I think there's some some really great highlights that we're going to enjoy and yeah, I can't wait for the 12 team because it's just going to be insanity. I do like what Cody said, though, on your show as well, because I I think, and cor- you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what I heard him say was that I don't know if the championship games are going to be as meaningful anymore because in the scenario like I was just talking about where it was last year, um, the games at Ohio State, you if you're a Michigan fan, you still want to win that game at Ohio State. If you have yep. to play them the next week, One's twelve and zero, and one's eleven and one. They're both going to the playoff anyways. Then the championship right. almost doesn't matter. So it's yeah. almost like both games don't even matter at that point. Yeah, which is yeah. Tough. I, I I do not like that. Uh, maybe I'm just being avoidant. I'm almost trying to just say it might not happen that much. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It's it's definitely hard. I think I think on the podcast or maybe off the podcast, Travis or Cody asked me, "Would you go back to the BCS?" And I had to think about it because I think it wasn't the worst, you know, to have, I mean, at least I think about from a Michigan perspective last year, Michigan would have been in the national title game. Uh, we wouldn't have to have that horrible upset by TCU. Uh, but then again, most people probably really appreciate it. It was a great, it was a great game. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I always from the beginning argued for eight teams and I still think that that's the correct answer because it still mm-hmm. leaves out. It still me- leaves games that are meaningful because you can end somebody's season still if they right. have one or two losses. And, uh, you know, it allows teams that like, like you were just talking about like a TC. Well, TCU is good now, but um, I'm trying to think of like Boise state. The one year when they beat Oklahoma yeah. would have been in the playoffs that year. So things like that could have still happened with eight, but um, yeah, it's it, like you said, that's it. That's just how it's going to be now. So we got to be excited about it. Um, this season, though, none of that is happening. So we still have our division. Right. <laughs> we still have a four-team playoff. Um, and Michigan is still going to play football. And they are the back-to-back defending Big Ten champions. You are the representative for the casual Big Ten podcast for Michigan. Um, what does Michigan have to do this year to not only get back to the Big Ten Championship, but to go ahead and win it again against whatever team they're going to be playing in the West if they were to get that far once again? 
So honestly, I think that for Michigan, they basically just have to go to work every week. No letdowns. They have gone to a point where they don't necessarily have to do miracles. It, it felt like a miracle in 2021 when we beat Ohio State. And honestly, it still kind of felt like a miracle last year where we went into halftime down against Ohio State and then we just killed them in the second half. So this year, I think the narrative is changing a bit where we know we can do it. We just have to go out and execute. Michigan has a terrible habit of taking their foot off the gas against lesser opponents or or even pretty good opponents that they just – for whatever reason, have a, a decent lead on. I would like to see Michigan go in with a killer instinct every single week, take care of business, and then get your second and third teamers out there to preserve health. Uh, because I'm looking at these running backs like Blake Corum. Last year, I, I truly believe if he has a fully healthy season, that there's a very high chance he takes home the Heisman. Uh, Donovan Edwards, who would be the star running back on, on most teams, he had injuries. He, he didn't have a, a working hand basically for the second half of the season. So he had to carry the ball in his opposite hand and he couldn't catch the ball, which is his strength. And uh, it turns out he had a, a bad knee too. So we need our star players to be healthy. And I think the best way to do that is to just mow through these lower tier teams. This is an easy schedule. So going through the first half of the season, keep your guys fresh, get up big and just do what you have to do. A lot of times it feels like against these lower tier teams, we let them hang around a bit because we don't want to show anything to our opponents. The thing is our opponents aren't stupid. They know JJ McCarthy can run the ball and now they know he can throw the ball. So if they know it, let's work on it. Let's do it and keep him safe, healthy. And he's going to have a little more practice if you let him do it in a game he'll be able to do it better. So maybe he's not throwing two pick sixes against TCU in the playoffs. Right. Uh, You just mentioned this. So I brought up a slide that I had uh, the pictures actually right next to you right now. Um, It's a photo of the Heisman trophy. And then um, JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards all standing kind of next to it or in front of it. Which of those three guys do you think has the best shot? Because realistically, these are all three guys that could win it. Um, if Donovan Edwards had a full season of what he did after Blake Corum went down last year, he probably would would have won it. If Blake Corum didn't get hurt, he might have won it last year. And then obviously, I think JJ, um, you know, could I not last year's stats? He wasn't going to win it, but the way that he started to air it out at the end of the year, I think that if he continues a full season of that, he could certainly win the Heisman Trophy. Who do you think of those three, or if there, or is there someone else on the team that you think? Um, could bring home that trophy. I know you already mentioned Blake, but is there anyone else that you think could win it? No, those are the three guys that I, I actually have. And this is, it was dumb on my part. I, I did put some some money down on all three of those guys uh, to win the Heisman, just because as a homer, the odds were insane. And it would probably be my favorite bet to ever cash. But <laughs> the guy that I think has the best chance is Blake Corum because of the the style of offense. They want to run the ball. Harbaugh just said that he wants to do more of a 50-50 style where they're going to pass as much as they run. And it's one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it. 
I honestly believe Blake Corum is just going to run the ball a ton and Don Edwards can do that, but Blake Corum is a, is a better between the tackles running back right now. So I'll go with Blake Corum. Uh, McCarthy's got the highest upside where if, like you said, if they were to let him rip, he should be the Heisman type of guy that they should put out there. But with those two running backs, I just can't see him throwing the ball enough. Uh, my comparison for what I would love to see with JJ McCarthy and I'll probably get some flack for this. I would like to see his statistical performance look like a, a Justin Fields uh, back in like 2019, where the Buckeyes had J.K. Dobbins, who ran for over 2,000 yards. So obviously they ran the ball a lot, but Fields still passed the ball for like 3,300 yards. He had 40 touchdowns, and both of those would shatter Michigan's records for passing yards and touchdowns in one year. And so he only it's threw possible the ball seven times too. That's the impressive part. They were all 100 yard <laughs> touchdown passes. It felt like that year, man. Every time I saw a highlight of them, it was just 60, 70 yard bombs every single time. Yeah. And that that's that's why actually I use that as the example. Uh, as a defense, if you're expecting because they weren't afraid to let Justin Fields pull the ball. That's actually one of my favorite styles of offense is is the RPO. If if he's handing the ball to J.K. Dobbins, who could gash you for 70 yards, or pulling the ball and running it himself, and he can do it for 70 yards, or he holds the ball and then throws it off play action, it's unfair. And if, if Michigan runs that style of offense where J.J. McCarthy is either handing the ball to a Blake Corum or pulls it and runs it himself, or he could pull it and throw it to Donovan Edwards, who could be in the slot, the, the possibilities are endless. And yes, they should be more explosive. My big gripe is I don't think they will let them do that because we got to save it for our big games. So we'll see. I'd like to see him let JJ cook. That's, that's I was what just I got to say on that. I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> I've heard the let Russ cook so many times. I, the way you were talking, I was like, just let him cook, man. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, one last question before we get into the schedule and then we'll finish this thing up. Um, is there a guy uh, you've mentioned a couple names already with the transfers and then you talked about Barrett a little bit. Who's a guy that um, if you're a casual Big Ten fan and you're not always watching Michigan, who should they circle on the Michigan defense and say, I need to be watching this guy and what he does every snap? So if you're a casual, you got to watch Will Johnson. He was a freshman cornerback last year, and I truly believe he has the ability to be the best cornerback in the country this year. Uh, the only issue with my assertion is that there's a good chance that defenses won't throw on him. If you go through the roster, you can go through every position and almost every position you do feel really good about, I, I would say, except for maybe the second cornerback spot. because uh, And you can see that they, they brought in the uh, transfer. Um, you mentioned his name before, actually. It's Josh Wallace. Wallace. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think he could probably play the position well enough, but I, I think that defenses or offenses are going to throw on him rather than throw on Will Johnson. So I'm not sure you're going to see a lot of him because he might literally just shut down one side of the field and then offense says, well, we'll just take the other side. So Will Johnson is the guy that I think has the highest ceiling, but maybe more explosively, I, I might watch – Braden McGregor, he's going to play defensive end, hopefully taking over that Mike Morris spot. And uh, if it's not him, 
It could be Derek Moore. I'm not really sure which one of those guys is going to start, to be honest. But every year, Michigan throws out a defensive end, and he dominates. He gets drafted. Maybe not as highly as in Hutchinson, but they've been doing it year after year. So one of those two guys is going to pop. Um, and I think a lot of people think it's going to be Braden McGregor, who kind of looks like Aiden Hutchinson, so <laughs> except with a lot more tattoos. So he's he's going to be fun to watch. Nice. Um, I wanted to go. I, I promised that I'd try to keep this near 30 minutes. I was going to go through the entire schedule, but with Michigan being what it is and most fans being what they are, I'm assuming that you're predicting mostly wins here. So what I want to do is, um, if you didn't see my tweet, um, I have chosen Michigan to finish second in the Big Ten East uh, behind Penn State as their only loss. I have them going 11-0, and I do have Penn State going undefeated this year. Wow. Um, I think that's going to be a really tough game uh, going into Happy Valley for Michigan this year. I, both teams are freaking really good, and I'm going to be really excited to watch that game. Um, but I did go ahead and select maybe to be a little bit different than everybody else because I feel like everyone's just putting Michigan automatically back in the Big Ten Championship. So maybe it's a little bit of a, you know, devil's advocate on my end. But I am choosing Penn State to win that game um, besides Penn State because I do think that that's a game that Michigan can lose. I think that everyone can kind of agree that that's a game they can lose. Is there anybody else on the schedule that makes you nervous um, if Michigan's playing at full strength and uh, plays a good game? Uh, okay, so that if Michigan's playing a good game and, and I'm still nervous, that's pro it's basically just Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah. Um, there there is a trap game, but it would probably require Michigan not to play their A game to lose. I'm really squinting at Maryland because Maryland is going to happen in between mm. um the Penn State and Ohio State game, so it's sandwiched there where they're not going to take them. They, they literally cannot give Maryland as much focus as they would probably like they did last year. And even that game, Michigan won by, I think, a touchdown. Yeah. So the Maryland game at the end of the season is concerning because it's it's just like the Illinois game. When you're right before Ohio State, crazy stuff's probably going to happen, and you're just trying to get out of there without injuries. Michigan did not avoid injuries. We lost Blake Quorum in the Illinois game, and I could see that Maryland game getting – really really close everyone is kind of really tight and there's a little bit of a revenge factor josh gaddis is the offensive coordinator for maryland now oh i didn't he, know that he didn't have great things to say about michigan on his way out uh, uh he didn't have so great I, things to do when he left though either so no <laughs> he, he did not succeed at miami that's for sure uh so we'll see if gaddis 2.0 can get it done uh that's definitely a tricky game but yeah, the, the schedule, I think, sets up very favorably. And yeah, the Penn State game is the game to circle. Um, I also really am high on Penn State. Just with, uh, I mean, what, what they did last year was impressive by itself, but they're bringing back a ton of guys. And I'm a big proponent of the offense getting lifted when you've got a five-star quarterback. I know that's not a crazy thing to say, but... I really think that Drew Aller is going to make a huge difference for them. It's not a crazy – I don't think a lot of people even know that about him, though. So it's really not a crazy yeah, thing true. to say. Like, uh, he was, if I'm not mistaken, the top recruit coming out of his high school class in the country for quarterbacks. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know he was that high. I knew he was a five-star, but uh, 
I, I think by the time that Michigan and Penn State play, because it's later this year, he's going to be, you know, found his rhythm, kind of got his sea legs under him. And that's, I, I honestly am kind of going back and forth, which game makes me more nervous, Ohio State or Penn State, uh, because I probably should always say Ohio State. But, man, that, that Penn State game being at Happy Valley, I think that's probably one of the most difficult environments in the Big Ten, maybe not, not just the Big Ten, but the country. I'm just – I'm so happy it's not at night. That might be the biggest difference for me is to still be uh, feeling good as a Michigan fan. So at the beginning of the podcast, you said uh, potentially the the best or, or favorite Jones. If you uh, if you hang out in our Jonesing for Sports Discord, that is not the case. And I think most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, I get a lot of hate because I'm I'm actually probably one of the more negative Joneses. My brothers tend to be very positive. And so I'm kind of breaking my own mold here because my prediction for this team, I truly believe that this is Harbaugh's best team, his best shot. And I love JJ McCarthy. And I think that this is a team that should go 12 and 0. I, that's my prediction right now. And it's going to sound like I'm just a crazy Homer. If you had heard me on the podcast before, you would know that's not the case because I I set I I send more hate towards my own team than I probably should, uh, and yet this team I'm I'm so excited about. I think the defense is going to be nasty, and I think the offense has just got too many weapons. Barring injury, I don't think any defense is going to be able to keep them from getting to where they need to go. So I'm honestly I just I can't wait. I need the season to get here because this is this is the year. This is a natty or bust season, in my opinion. If they can't at least get to the national championship game this year, I really think that it's never going to happen. Uh, this is – the collection of talent is, is way, way too high. And next year, next spring, they're probably going to break at least their own draft record. And I, I think that they, they might even break the draft record for a number of players drafted. We'll, wow. we'll see. I could be way off, but that's my my prediction. I actually knew I was cutting my grass when I heard you say that on the podcast. I remember where I was when you said that the first time. I was like, man, are they really <laughs> going to have that many draft picks? That's ridiculous. Well, it, it's going to come down, you know, to team success. I think these guys are going to feel like they they're able to move on if they if they achieve their goals. And then some of these guys, like uh, JJ McCarthy, he might just come back. And there's a lot of defenders who are going to be third-year guys that they might come back, and then I could be completely off base. And maybe 2024 won't be a big as big a step down as I think it could be because if they're trying to replace basically their entire team or starters, it, it could be tough. And 2024 schedule is not 2023 schedule. So uh, I am focused 100% on this year, and then uh, if it falls apart after – We'll deal with it then. I think uh, it is a strong foundation. I don't think it'll fall apart, but I think we well, could plus definitely in 2024, fall. That's when they're going to 12 teams as, as well, right? Right. And, so and that's, that's helpful. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're replacing the entire offensive line, which is basically the, the reason we are what we are now, they, they got their work cut out for them. But right now I'm just focused on this year. I think that they're going to be fantastic and uh yeah i'm nervous about penn state always nervous about ohio state but i think this is the year that michigan shocks the world 
Awesome, man. Well, Brandon, once again, thank you so much for coming on, uh, sharing some, shedding some light on the Michigan football program for this year. Um, looking forward to watching them play. Uh, before we let you go, once again, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter or where they can listen to you talk more about not only Michigan football, but all Michigan sports. Um, yeah. Online. So the Jones, Jonesing for Sports podcast, uh, you just have to spell it like it sounds, Jonesing for Sports. You can find us literally anywhere podcasts are found. I listen to it on Spotify, uh, but other people like to use other services. We're also on YouTube, so you can see our ugly faces. Uh, preferably, I just listen, though. Uh, <laughs> my, my Twitter is Old Brando, and then the Jonesing for Sports Twitter, which is mostly run by my brother, Travis. Uh, but I, I recently got the access to that. That is at Jonesing Sports. And uh, you can also find us on Discord, Jonesing for Sports. And that's that's where a lot of the fun happens, where we discuss the games that week. We do uh, we do some competitions with, with uh, point spreads. And I'm terrible at it, but it's still a blast. And we trash talk each other and uh, just predict things sometimes, share some of our uh, winning or losing bets and have a great time. So just a great community of people from all, I mean, we've got people who are not Michigan fans, obviously, and uh, they still have a good time, even though most of us cheer on the maize and blue. So yeah, find us on Twitter, on discord and our, the Jones for sports podcast, literally anywhere you can find a podcast. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. And I will, uh, hopefully we can get you on mid season and uh, discuss a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not, sounding too much like a crazy person by midseason and my <laughs> predictions aren't completely gone crazy by then so i appreciate you having me on that was a blast all right we'll talk to you later yep hope you guys enjoyed that interview with brandon aka old brando from the jonesing for sports podcast go give them a listen go give them a follow go give brandon a follow Great Michigan insight i really enjoyed sitting down with him digging deeper on the upcoming michigan football season um, as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for subscribing. This was part one of 14 parts that we have coming up. It's going to be a long week. Uh, maybe not a long week, a, a fun week of digging deeper into these football teams and really understanding what's going to happen this season. Tomorrow, Purdue with Riles 23. Make sure you check that out. We'll see you guys in the future.